the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. So there's a good chance later this week you'll never hear from me again. I'm playing Mega Millions. The Mega Millions jackpot has surged to $750 million. I'm not worrying about Trump and politics and the transition of power to Biden. I'm not worrying about inflation or the weakening of the dollar. I'm not worried about the stock market hitting all-time highs, and yet there's rotation going on from mega cap to small cap, from stay-at-home to reopening. Non-cyclical to cyclical. I'm not worried about any of that because I'm playing Mega Millions worth $750 million, and there's a good chance I win. And when I do, I don't care about you and you and you. I say a do, a do, a do to you and you and you. I won't be sticking around. I'll probably buy an island. I'll fill it with boroughs. I'll start my National Borough Basketball League, and I will be the star player. Every other player will have to be five feet or less. I will take crushed cans of orange crush and use it as my armor. course the king it'll be good to be the king the chance of a single ticket matching all six numbers in either game on the mega millions world and powerball is one in 302 million or one in 292 million (laughs) i'm that guy am i one in a million no i'm one in 302 million that's how special i am my mom always told me it's worth considering that I would probably take the money in a great windfall and I would lock up and never talk to any of my relatives ever again. With that said, I am worried about those things and I'm not worried about playing the Powerball. I considered Powerball and Mega mega Millions to be a stupid tax. If you're in line doing scratchers or if you're in line doing Mega Millions and you're filling out the numbers yourself, I look at you and I think of you as financially stupid. I look at it as like, wow, how did the state and the federal government fool this sucker into giving up $2 for a one in 300 million chance? Ask yourself, do you know anyone who's ever won the Mega Millions? The answer is probably no. And don't use that excuse, well, someone's got to win. Powerball jackpot, $550 million. Whereas Mega Million sits at $750 million. 
we're going to our convenience stores. We're wearing our masks because you're not allowed to go in without masks. And we're saying, give me two bucks. I feel lucky. Personally, that's not how I feel. I'm taking a look at what's going on on Wall Street and I'm seeing it. There's some pretty big things. You know, let's for, not forget COVID deaths are peaking still. We have not got past the, this peak of the holiday period. They're at all-time highs in the United States. Most states are at all-time highs. University of Alabama just won the college football championship, and they partied so close together. You're going to see the University of Alabama Birmingham hospitals packed in two weeks. Stock futures fell coming into today, and then they kind of got a little bit mixed as they opened up. Why do I mention that? Stock futures are what happens yesterday after the close until today when the markets open. And it's basically Wall Street thinking, oh, look what's going to happen to Trump. Oh, look what's going to happen with the Federal Reserve. Oh, look what happened with Apple after earnings kind of thing. Like we, we start compiling data in between the close and the open. And they looked a little bit weaker, telling me there was a negative bias. And there's still kind of a negative bias. Stocks aren't doing much. The Dow opened higher, the S&P opened higher, the NASDAQ opened higher. They've all skirted and flirted with negative. Dow and S&P are negative right now. NASDAQ has popped in and out of negative territory. Russell 2000, which hit a record high yesterday, pulled back. Crude oil sits down for the day. So overall, there's a tone of, we're not all that excited today. Marco Rubio has called on Joe Biden to increase stimulus payments on day one. That's what I get excited by. Rex's paper stone. Stimulus, capitalism, ultimately beat COVID. But COVID's in a tragic period right now. And I personally have had a mother get COVID, and it, basically it, it, it wrecked her life yet again. It, it ruined her health. It caused heart damage. We all now know someone. A year ago, none of us knew anyone. Now we all kind of know maybe someone. It's a little bit more pervasive. It's a big number of deaths and it's a big number of people being hospitalized. Stocks are struggling for direction. Intel CEO Bob Swan to be replaced with VMware's Pat Gelsinger. COVID-19 pandemic compounded Intel's problems and delays. They've had problems with the 7 nanometer chips. Initial production shipments of these chips were supposed to begin late 2022, now in early 2023. AMD, meanwhile, has begun selling 7 nanometer products processors for a while. So Intel used to be the leader in cutting edge. They used to be, do you remember the semiconductor bunnies, those commercials? When it was the clean suits that uh, Intel used to have television commercials. Because Intel was talking about Intel inside, and they were crushing AMD. AMD's not crushing them now, but AMD is doing a nice damn job compared to used to struggle. <clears throat> so the CEO of Third Point, which is an activist fund, which came into Intel, basically said, you've lost your edge. We're going to invest shares into the company, cash into the company, essentially, and you're going to do what we tell you, or you're going to listen to us at least. And for the CEO to step down, that's step one. So is Intel turning around? Maybe a little bit. That's all I got for you. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money invested in more. We'll talk about the housing market a little bit later in the show. 
Today, we are going to be paying attention to Congress and Mitch McConnell. Give him credit. He's like, no impeachment, no impeachment, no impeachment. We will not vote on impeachment. And then he's like, wait, wait, this could get rid of Trump forever. And the McConnell platform could out yell the Trump platform. McConnell's like, let's impeach him. (laughs) That's just my lay political analysis going on. But it is out there. YouTube uh, yesterday suspended Trump's uh, video account until after the transition of power. Uh, that's an interesting one, right? The U.S. is going to require airline passengers starting out on January 26 to prove that recently tested negative for COVID-19 before flying. That doesn't sound terribly unreasonable since their whole business is tied towards the ability to deliver you from point A to point B safely. When do we get our COVID cards that we've been vaccinated? When do we get a patch or a mask that says check mark on it? Are we, are we against identifying as that? Airbnb is canceling and blocking DC reservations during the inauguration week. Probably a good idea. See what happened last week in DC. Uh, I rented my house out to some really nice people from Minnesota. <laughs> I'm Rob Black. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. You just heard a little liner for Provident Credit Union. I am a big fan of credit unions. If you trust anything about me, I'm not against them. I'm for them. I've got my, some of my banking money at Pentagon Federal Credit Union which I used to think was this amazing thing that my father gave me. My father served in the military because he served in the military. He was a unique soldier. Soldiers got unique banks. Banks were called credit unions. Credit unions said, banker, uh, soldiers, come on in. The Navy Federal Credit Union. Um, Provident Federal Credit. I'm not sure where they originally got their start as far as who were going to be their credit union members. Sometimes it's electricians, sometimes it's firefighters, sometimes it's like teachers. But I love that they're more community started front facing than say a big bank or a regional bank. I'm not against regional banks, but I, I like what credit unions do. I used to think my dad gave me something special because to become a member, I, I didn't have to go into the military, but his kids got the benefit of it. And my car insurance is with USAA or Geico. My home insurance is with USAA or Geico. Those are my two insurance companies. I like both of them. And again, I own some rental properties, so some of them don't cover that area versus the other kind of thing. Anyhow and anyway, credit unions are A-OK, and you should look into them. Amazon, Target, Walmart, and other large retailers are doing something wackadoodle. You know how we bought a ton of stuff this year? Um... Some of the stuff that we bought, they're letting us return. No, 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 no. They're saying, don't even bother returning it. Keep it. U.S. e-commerce sales grew heavily this year to $188 billion. And yet we're going to return a lot of those items, and the retailers want us to keep our cash there. Processing online returns can cost anywhere between $10 and $20, and that doesn't take into account the freight costs. 
retailers run the risk of the logistics systems becoming inundated with an influx of holiday returns. So they're just saying, keep it. My sugar booger got something for the holiday and she tried to return it. And they're like, nah, just keep it. So she instantly went to Craigslist and said, anyone want this for free? So she wanted, she wanted to do something with it. She didn't want it. 25% of consumers said that having to drop off their package in a mail facility is a major pain point. Interesting stuff, right? Yeesh. Disney Plus commanded 6% of consumer video streaming time in December. Netflix dominated with 28% of streaming time. The Queen's Gambit. Everyone watched that, I think. Is it strange that I found that that show to be incredibly sexy? About a woman playing chess, it's like, wow. And beating men and dying. I'm like, wow. I thought it was a fun and sexy series. It got a little dark towards the end. Mortgage rates uh, are a big driver this year in housing predictions. Here are the housing predictions for 20. 20- 21. Housing prices will go up. Median listing prices grew 13.3% last year, while the median existing home price for all types in November was 310000 up 14.6% year over year. Prediction number two is housing sales growth will be the largest since the 1980s. Even if home prices rise, that won't dampen home sales. Growth in home sales in 2021 could be the largest since the 1980s. The swell of millennial buyers with the also enormous Generation Z cohort right behind them, and they're all aging into their prime home buying years, should have the perfect storm for fast sales growth this year. Refinance volume will decrease. We've had really low mortgage rates for the past three years, super low last year, historically low. The average 30-year fixed mortgage rate hit a record low 16 times in 2020. That punch bowl will eventually end. So go fill up now if you need to. Mortgage rates will inch slightly higher in 2021. That is a prediction that is not going out too far on the limb. Because the Federal Reserve said we're going to keep interest rates really low and we like buying mortgage-backed securities as part of the way of supporting the economy. So the 30-year fixed mortgage sits at 2.67%. Look for 3.5 or below sometime this year. This is probably as low as the mortgage rates will ever get in our lifetime unless there's something crazier than a pandemic. Which you tell me what's crazier than a pandemic, and I'll say you're you're bat poop crazy. (laughs) Like I don't know if there is anything. You're going to see a lot of foreclosed properties come up this year as there's a lot of forbearance on you're not allowed to kick people out of their homes. You're not allowed to kick renters out. That shall end. And a lot of people like me who own a property or two, I've been getting emails from my banks like, hey, if you're calling us or if you're emailing us about uh, hardships, this is where you go and we'll help you. We'll help you. Our job is to help you. But at some point in time, if I can't pay my mortgage, they're going to be like, you get out, you dirty bum. Renters. Oh, boy. 2021 is not a good year for renters as far as protections go. Protections for struggling renters are set to expire this year. The federal eviction moratorium has been extended until the end of January, while renters in multifamily homes backed by government agencies have eviction protections until the end of March. 
The problem is that rental assistance and eviction protections are temporary band-aids. And there's really no good long-term solution when people have been out of work and have been dipping into their savings and emergency money. You're going to see more builders leave the big cities. We don't need to build more apartments because people are leaving the big cities. They're going to the suburbs. But the builders are going to go, let's go build some apartments in the suburbs. Privately owned housing units and permit areas saw a 14% uptick year over year in November. If you can swing a hammer, you're probably working in the suburbs this year. Credit requirements are going to ease, making getting a mortgage a little bit easier. That's a good thing and a bad thing. We tend to invite problems in the United States. Hey, everyone should own stocks with Robinhood. Hey, everyone should own a mortgage. Your standards of qualifying for a loan, we're going to lower the credit score. Those kind of initiatives invite problems. I would say the 2006-2008 housing bubble, which was quite painful, which I bought during a housing bubble, because that's how I roll. Um, I would say the 2006-2008 housing bubble was a, a lot of problems. You had a lot of politicians who said, all Americans deserve a right to own a home. Let's make home ownership the bedrock of our nation. And I don't think that's necessarily true. I know you're saying, Rob, come on. Barney Frank was one of those people who, politicians, who's like, everyone should go home. And lenders were pressured into putting people with 600 credit scores, 550 credit scores into homes. They paid higher mortgage rates, so everyone was a winner, but they couldn't service their debt, so everyone became a loser. That is a simple explanation of a very complicated issue. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and Your Money. Joining me now from briefing.com for the first time in 2021, Patrick O'Hare to give us briefing.com's perspective and his perspective in particular on what's going to happen and why in the world of Wall Street. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year, Rob. Good to be back with you guys. Thank you. Another year, another dollar. What's going on in the markets uh, as we turn the calendar page, so to speak? Um, same old, same old. <laughs> in any respect, <laughs> well said. <you> know? <laughs> um, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, we've had a, obviously a, a pretty good start to the year, all things considered, but certainly a, a phenomenal start for the small caps and the uh, so-called recovery trade, if you will. So you've seen small cap and mid cap. Uh, averages outperform the large cap counterparts, and you continue to get this sort of uh, rotation out of the, um, uh, I guess you could call them the COVID plays or the COVID safety plays into the pro-cyclical recovery reopening trade uh, plays. Uh, and there's just been a lot of momentum behind that that we saw kick in in the fourth quarter of last year, and it's just continued right on into the uh, uh, the, the start of the new year here. So, as we close the books on 2020, I would say, in my opinion, all things considered, very successful for Wall Street. 
not so successful for humanity with how we dealt with COVID-19. But we put a lot of money at stay-at-home stocks, and we were rewarded for it in the returns. Now there's a big 2021 question of where do we go now? Um, and again, I'm, I'm, we can make that even, you know, not just stay-at-home stocks, but you know, large-cap companies versus small-cap people felt safer in big versus small. Um, what themes do you think we close the books on? What themes do we think you, we open on? Or are you just going to go pure fundamental and say sector by sector? Or do you want to go a different direction and talk stimulus? What, what do you see as some of the important things to talk about? Well, you know, this market with so much liquidity running around in it, and then also, you know, trillions of dollars of cash just on the sidelines sitting in mar- money market funds, you know, we do think it will continue to be driven sort of by the, the uh, you know, the, the quote, story stock um, narrative, the, the thematic narrative of recovery, right? And uh, and that's, I think, how, you know, the, the early part of this year will will, will unfold, right? Uh, the first couple of weeks here, we've, we've had an unprecedented political situation, um, and Russell 2000 just, you know, spiked to record highs. Right. Um, this market is, is running with blinders on. And um, I guess if I could mix metaphors, I can say that it's, you know, it's still wrapped up in its security blanket of fiscal and monetary stimulus. Uh, and that helps it kind of dream of better days ahead. And, uh, and there hasn't been um, a disruptor in its mind, the market's mind to to upset these these trends. And, um, you know, what might those disruptors be? Well, you know, you could get another uh, spike in long-term rates, right, that pushes us up above 1.5%. Um, you know, we could see, and I think we all agree, we hopefully will not see, you know, another situation. We have armed insurrection at, at state courthouses and uh, state, you know, government buildings across the land here in the next several days, Um you know, or you could maybe get a, a, a very disappointing earnings outlook from a, a notable company um, that kind of forces the market to rethink this idea, you know, that perhaps it's getting too far ahead of itself with its recovery expectations. You know, there's all sorts of what ifs, you know, out there that could kind of cause this market to, to roll over in a bit. But right now, you know, the market in its mind is convinced that the recovery trade is the way to go and that things are only going to get better as the year progresses, as we distance ourselves from the political noise right now uh, and move ahead further with additional stimulus efforts, uh, perhaps an infrastructure spending bill, and, uh, you know, and continuing to rely on the fact that you have a, you know, Federal Reserve that's not going to be raising interest rates anytime soon. With that said, I, I, I heavily and liberally stole from your writings this morning that you talked about money rotating from growth to value, counter-cyclical to cyclical, Mm -hmm. mega cap to small cap, stay at home to reopening. Can it be that easy? Um, Where we tell people rebalance now. If the latter worked for you, go with the former. And if the former worked for you, go with the latter. Because that's, Mm -hmm. this, this looks like a roadmap to me. Well, well, it is in a a certain respect. And and I don't mean to be glib about this, but it's, because they're, they're, you know the market just has so much liquidity washing around in it, right? And okay. and it's latched on to this trading narrative, and and it will ride a trend that's its friend until it's not the friend anymore. And and that's kind of what I was driving at is that it 
it, it can logically make the connection that if things are, are going to be that much better this year on the health front, the economic front, and the earnings front, then effectively everything that we kind of gravitated to in 2020 when there's just so much uncertainty uh, uh, you know, about all those things, uh, you know, just gets turned on its ear and you, and you rotate back into those areas that, that should, in a textbook fashion, do very well in a uh, an economic cycle that's accelerating, and that plays into the strengths of favoring you know small cap, mid cap issues over large caps, um, you know uh, cyclical sectors over counter cyclical sectors, value over growth, um, and so there's a real you know identifiable blueprint that makes a lot of sense in the context of what this current market has embraced as being the the, the you know the the narrative it wants to focus on right now. Now, I'm being glib, and I like it when you're glib, but I'm being glib when I say, I remember you weren't exactly around on 9-11 that Tuesday when the planes went to the World Trade Center. And strangely, you weren't around last Wednesday when the Capitol got attacked. <laughs> Patrick, where have you been? Yeah. What are you doing right. with your free time? And really, the question is, and because you weren't here last week, and that's the only one that I'm really talking about, do you ever worry like taking time off? Do you stress or are you like, eh, I'm good. I can take a week off from stocks. I can take two weeks off. I can take a month off. Do you ever worry? Because yeah. I know some of our listeners and some of our viewers um, stress over like micromanaging, but you had the day off and I think you're doing okay, all things considered. Yeah. Well, I've been at this for, uh, um, you know, 23 years, right? So I've lived it. I breathed it, you know, uh, most of days on most of those years. And uh, what I try to do just to, for my own mental well-being is when I do disconnect from the market, I try to truly disconnect from it. Um, it's all but impossible these days, though, <laughs> given, you know, smartphones and everything yeah. that hits you, no matter where you're, what you're looking at, whether it's Yahoo or CNBC or, you know, what, what have you. Um, so it's impossible not to kind of like still keep tabs on things. But, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I I watch it with you know, obviously with some some added interest, even when I'm away uh, officially on a on a break. Um, but I think it's good, you know, we all need that, and um, and these are obviously some really interesting times we're living in, and and uh, I think as a market analyst, it would be rather foolish of me to kind of just unplug altogether for an extended period of time because you really kind of still need to. You kind of, after you do this for a long time, I think you understand, Rob, you kind of just, you just kind of feel the market, right? You get a feel for kind of how it is likely to move, react, yep. think, um, and uh, and that certainly helps in my day-to-day -day job. <laughs> With that said, I check on the markets on honeymoons during birth of children. Any event in my <laughs> life is a stock market event and not necessarily a life event. So I'm with you on that, <laughs> although I don't think you're as bad as I am. We've got about two or three minutes. <laughs> Any last thoughts that you want to kick off the year with? Balls in your court. Well, you know, we certainly have, um, you know, we're about ready to embark on, a, on an earnings season again here. And, um, you know, once again, it's an earnings season that's expected to produce a year-over-year -year decline in earnings. And, you know, once again, it's an earnings season that kind of the market has already looked through, frankly. Um, you know, you have the S&P 500, I think, is up somewhere about 13 or 14 percent since the end of uh, the third quarter of last year notwithstanding the fact that it's known or is expected 
fourth quarter earnings to decline year over year. So that gives you a pretty good sense that it's looking into 2021 already. So tell your listeners to keep a close eye on kind of the not so much the results you hear out of the fourth quarter, but the reaction to the results, because so many stocks have moved so far in advance of those reports. And also keep an eye on whether we hear more qualitative uh, and definitive guidance, frankly, from companies as they look to 2021, hopefully with some added visibility. Um, but, uh, yeah, the reaction to these reports, I think, is going to be telling in terms of what this market's going to do here, you know, over the next uh, several weeks to maybe a couple months. Kind of a short answer because we have about a minute left. But do you think the stay-at-home stocks won't live up to expectations as we open back up our economy? And do you think the opening back up the economy will be the place to go? I do. I, I think it's Broad, broadly possible. Yeah, I think it's going to be impossible for these stocks to live up really to to the expectation. I mean, the challenge, the, the comparisons they're going to be running up against uh, in 2021 are just extraordinary. Um, so it, it becomes a matter of, you know, like you take like a stock like Zoom, Zoom's Zoom's 40 percent off its high, right? So the question becomes like, does a stock like that, which or a company like that, was probably still going to keep continue to do quite well? You know, that's one stock I'm particularly interested in seeing how investors react to their to their results and what the company might be saying about the year ahead, because um, that will give maybe a little bit of an indication of how some of these stay at home, work from home plays are likely to work uh, over the next quarter or so anyway. Uh, but from an earnings standpoint, I don't think there's any way that they're going to be able to live up to, that, to those uh, high expectations that have been uh, uh, forged out of their performance in 2020. It's Patrick O'Hare. He's with Briefing.com, a reliable source of both international and domestic financial news. I use it every day, Briefing.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black. Thank you for listening. Try to wrap up the hour and meet little Bo. Nana Del Rey is clarifying that she didn't mean to defend President Donald Trump. She said Donald Trump didn't know he was inciting a riot. She said it at a concert. Oh boy, have we learned something in the last 30 years is try not to get political when you're in front of large crowds because half of them aren't going to like what you say and the other half are going to love what you say. Don't cater to that half. We live in a cancel culture. We live in a very toxic time to say anything that's opinionated because you're going to piss someone off. Um, I run into that on a regular basis. Uh, I got to be careful what I say. I'm not a big Lana Del Rey fan. I'm more of a Billie Eilish guy. But here's a little Lana Del Rey. I can't figure out where I would listen to that. Like, at work? At play? On a road trip? I just don't get it. But again, it's everyone's a little bit different, right? Ah, my producer chimed in with At the Beach. Get in a little bit of vitamin D and a little Lana Del Rey. I get it. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Visa and Plaid called off their plan $5.3 million merger. Is that right? $5.3 million? <laughs> it's a fintech startup. I'm used to seeing B in these numbers. Ford reported a 6% increase in China car sales. Its first annual increase since 2017. Disney Plus service commanded 6% of the consumer video streaming time in December. Netflix dominated 28% of the streaming time. But what's interesting to note is 
This time last year, Netflix was at 34% of the streaming time. Now they're down to 28% of the streaming time. If you were to command just a valuation based on that, you would say Disney's got more upside than, oh, excuse me, Netflix. What was that? Did someone step on a frog? American Tower bought the European and Latin American telecom tower business of Spain's Telefonica for $9.4 billion in cash. American Tower does one of the most boring things in the world. Guess what they make? Towers. I guess what they put on towers? Phone equipment. So that when you make a phone call, it goes through. So they, they buy the towers, they make the towers, they service the towers, and they lease out space on the towers to everyone else. Now, American Tower is a bit of a problematic name because it sounds like America. Now they're buying the European and Latin American telecom tower business from Spain Telefonica, so they're going to have to be something a little bit different like World Tower or European American Tower. Neo said it's offering $1.3 billion in convertible notes. They're raising money after they showed off a really cool-looking car yesterday. Kind of a little bait and switch, like, ooh, look at this car. It's sexy. It's coming. Oh, by the way, we need money. Bausch. Bausch Health. Healthcare company maker said its sales would exceed expectations. That's something that gives you a little bit of comfort. When you invest in a company, you want them to meet or beat, meet or exceed, up their numbers. You don't want to go, you don't want to hear, oh, by the way, we didn't really see this coming and we're going to get crushed. Intel CEO Bob Swan stepped down, being replaced by VMware CEO. VMware more of a software virtual reality play than a semiconductor play. That sounds like an insult to the CEO Bob Swan. To me, I see why he's leaving. Mortgage refinance demand spikes is 20% uh, 20% up as borrowers fear missing out on record low rates. One of the best things that are going to come out of this pandemic, and I heard CEO of Pfizer say this yesterday, the mRNA, the protein that we're putting in your bodies to help fight COVID, we need to help figure out more diseases that we could attack. Because COVID was not super easy, but they did it. And they did it within a year. Can we start attacking cancers on a different scientific approach that we learned and we mastered, that we did well in during COVID, I hope so. I hope this is a medical breakthrough that helps a lot of people because COVID sucked. I know you're saying that should be on a bumper sticker. COVID sucks. Probably should be, right? Elsewhere, YouTube has suspended Donald Trump's account barring uploads and comments. I think all YouTube videos should have no comments because they get nasty and mean fast. Targets beating expectations all around. Don't have time to talk about them today, but I'll talk about them in the future. Sales growth at stores open at least a year was up. Now, they've kind of done this bastardization. We have physical retail sales. So you can also come hang out in the parking lot. We'll bring it to you. We also will deliver it to you. That might be a small advantage to Amazon. We're like, we'll deliver it to you. Because they do get some people who want to come in and pick up a couple extra things while they're perusing. Your 401k will soon offer a lifetime income option of annuities. Be very, very cautious. Read the fine print. Check in with CFP Chad Burton or myself before signing anything. Annuities can be a nightmare. They should have no place in your 401k unless they're low cost and low commission, i.e. the insurance broker not getting a big old payday. 
careful on the words uh, annuity. Marco Rubio, Miami's favorite son, calls on Joe Biden to increase direct payments to $2,000 on the first day of his presidency. Stimulus coming, and the Federal Reserve later this week is going to say, we're not going to raise interest rates anytime soon. So after we get through this Capitol Hill mess and its impeachment mess, Wall Street's going to focus on the do re coming in, and Wall Street's going to likey, likey it a lot. Just my opinion. Sticking to it. Um... House of Representatives expected to vote on impeaching President Trump today. December CPI matches expectations. Intel spikes after CEO announces his departure. Yeah, when your stock doesn't do necessarily well under CEO and you bring in a new one, Wall Street tends to get excited. I want to talk about Sega, but I'm going to talk about Sega tomorrow. Sega! Uh, Taking a look at the markets right now, we're slightly higher on the NASDAQ, on the Dow, and the SP 500. It's still early in the year. But I still feel once we get through Capitol Hill arrests and things along those lines, who saw that coming? Well, maybe everyone. But once we get through it, I think there's enough there for the market to rally to new highs through the first half of the year. After that, question marks. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more.